Howdy, everybody, and welcome to yet another thrilling edition of the Black Anime Nerds podcast. I'm Max, and I'm joined by our esteemed colleagues, uh, Mr. Aaron Coutte. Yo, I'm not, I'm, I was electrical. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> Mr. Brandon D. What's up, everybody? Where were you, Brandon? I'm good. How about you? <laughs> Like Brandon well, Brandon's, Brandon's the imposter. That's Brandon's the true imposter. <laughs> there is an imposter among us. There's a pester among us. And Mr. Spencer White. I was in Med Bay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it takes a while, okay? I have a scan stuff. I mean, do you, do you got anything to, to uh, back up that statement? Nope. The cameras. The cameras never lie. <laughs> Uh, the cameras were conveniently out when you stay in the med bay. How did you know the cameras were out, Max? How did you even know there were cameras there? Why is my name right? That's right. <laughs> well, this podcast was brought to you by Among Us. The game that makes you hate your friends. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for uh, dropping in this week. Uh, we've got quite a bit to cover. We'll be uh, talking episode 12 of God of High School, as well as episodes uh, 36 and 37 of ReZero. And some other important announcements, including um, the announced uh, indefinite hiatus of uh, the Tower of God webtoon. But without further ado, we'll jump right into uh, our episode discussions with uh, God of High School. I mean, it's hard to believe we're moving... um, I feel like we're on the uh, right cruising on the autobahn. Basically, is is what this uh, season has felt like. Um, one episode away from the the season finale, uh, a lot's going on. Um, Mr. Cute, what were your thoughts on um, episode twelve? Man, that's a hell of a place to have the penultimate episode be at. And I can empathize with Jin when he was asking, like, "What is going on?" <laughs> yeah, like. The pacing has been noted as an issue. I mean, it's gorgeous, but, like, I feel like it's going to be a whole separate thing. Like, you know how back in the day, or, well, sometimes they still do, the anime is much different than the manga. Like, how Ranma is mad different than the manga, where you met <clears throat> his mama and shit. That's what this feels like, except it's just full speed towards a whole other thing. And I'd like to see where it goes, only I only have small wrinkles of, like, them having... Jin take out LPO and more of a focus on Knox. So that's what got me. Yeah, I mean, based on what you've seen so far, um, does it does it kind of feel like um if if the series does get a season two, will like the is the anime starting to turn into like like its own like story kind of compared to the the webtoon? Slightly like it's same outline. Same outline different events like they're leading the same end but so so it's kind of like um i guess what comes to mind for me is like the dragon ball super model where um akira toriyama kind of uh creates created like a plot outline with like certain plot points to hit but the uh the anime and manga like had their own um approach to those like plot points so like it's almost two different versions of the same story that's kind of what it sounds like to me at least 
Yeah, that's actually that's about it, right. Actually, that follows uh, that follows that model. Okay, Mister uh, Mister White, what did you think of episode twelve? As usual, the scenes are beautiful. It was really nice to look at. While at the same time, kind of pick you up, kind of pick you back with what you guys were saying. It does feel like it. It's like a more stretched out about from what was in the webtoon itself. Because it's like the webtoon explained up to what? What chapter? What chapter would this be right now? In the one hundred? And so like and so like between um, the episode and the chapters themselves, it's like a lot more that they're expanding on. But I'm hoping with next um, next week being the last one, it's just gonna go out in either a bang or some. I'm guessing it's probably gonna be like one of those things where it's a big question mark because it's probably gonna leave it as like you know to be continued or whatever. For this one, it's a really good setup for the next episode. I'll say that much. Right on, um, Mr. D. What was your take? At this point, I'm lost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had no clue what the fuck was going on because they're out here. Jagal is summoning the demon golems things, and I was I was assuming that he summoned like sharks and stuff, but apparently not. He's summoning these building-sized golems that are eating people. He eats Ilpio, and then this key out of nowhere comes out of him, and I don't know what that does. And then Park Mujin just teleports into some faraway place where I don't, I don't even know what's going on. We got uh, Han with that um, healing chakraki thing going on, and it's just all around madness. We got omnipotent deities getting summoned out of the sky, getting clapped by nukes. I'm just like, what is going on? What is this? I, I, I said what the fuck at least 10 times during this episode because I'm just trying to figure out where is this going? Like, I can't figure it out. And then at that ending, I, I almost shut off the TV because he just, when he ate the key, he turned into a baby and then resurrected into like some sort of angel. Demon. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I, I, I'm lost. <laughs> Honestly, Brandon, I feel like, I feel like you're far from alone. Um, like, like the anime onlys are pro are like super, super lost. And I'm sure the source material users are, aren't, aren't really lost, but they're probably just confused. <laughs> yeah. And they put in the moment where, um, they showed Jagal's whole backstory and everything about him being left, uh, in the possession of some old dude being dropped off by his mother. And I feel as though the anime puts in like heartfelt moments that feel like too forced in the situation where Jagal is too much of a unredeemable character after all the stunt stunts he's pulled in the anime and stuff. It's just, the placing felt weird because he was doing something unforgivable, and then at the end he does something. He eats the adopted grandfather, so I'm just like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just all over the place. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I'm waiting for more information on, like, like the behind-the-scenes of uh, Crunchyroll's deal with, like, Webtoon because I would be really interested to know if – Crunchyroll is responsible for the episode order of uh, 13 episodes 
like uh, I think we talked about a little bit and Aaron Aaron, like mentioned it before like it's possible that the reason they went with uh, just a one core was maybe just for experimental purposes because they weren't a hundred percent sure that uh, they were going to get hits out of these so like if if for whatever reason it, it bombed they could just cut the cord right there or if it was like due to like the studios themselves like just not having the capability to do uh like a two core 24 to 26 episode season if, it, if, um, if there's something if there's something i can note really quickly it's that um it's that the one thing i've noticed about this show and um uh, tower of god in particular is that if you read, you know, I'm, I hate to be like the read the manga kind of guy, but if like you read the webtoon, it's like a lot more stuff happens. And the the thing is, is like for most of webtoons, it's kind of like that build that gets into something that's crazy. And I don't feel like um, the same thing for Tower of God, the same way I feel now for God of High School, where it's like the first season isn't really giving you the full picture of what's going on. It's like it's like only giving you a taste, and it's like there's not enough episodes to to fully cover. Like 13 episodes is not going to cover from what's happening, you know, in the first chapter to like right now. Because like right now, I pro I guess it probably be probably would be somewhere in the three four seasons by now. But it's like it's like I don't, it's like I'm not sure if it's what you were mentioning that maybe the companies just want to test it out, but it's like, if you wanted to test it out, maybe it should have been something that that didn't have a huge following at first. Because, you know, Tower of God and God of High School, they had a huge webtoon following before all this. So it's like, for those who did read the webtoon for all these years, they're like, well, no, I finally get to see this thing happening and this thing happening. But then once they only find out it's one season and it's the beginning season, you know, most people who read the webtoon, they, they kind of feel left out. So I personally feel like if it was something that was, you know, it, it doesn't have a huge following, but it has a following, and it has a really good pace to where you could put 13 episodes into it and that it would work out pretty well, then be like, okay, we're going to try to do two seasons of Tower of God and then two seasons out of high school. Then if it works out well, we'll continue it from there instead of kind of like, doing these two ones in particular it's kind of like the best way i could put it is kind of like um game of thrones yeah where it's like the first few seasons went right down to the book and then the last season was pretty much you know all for the directors and the actual writers because the book the book wasn't there yet so they had to go on their own little areas and when they go on their own little areas you see sometimes it doesn't work out Right. So it's so it's it's kind of like on one side I'm I'm very happy that it's out and I'm and I'm glad that it looks great. It's just that I feel like if they wanted to do this, they should have put something else first to kind of like then test it out rather than testing it out with these two particular shows because the fact that there's 13 episodes and you don't get the full webtoon experience and not a lot of people like to read. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying some people. Mm -hmm just watch anime and that's completely fine but for those people they probably don't have that feeling like we do when we when we've read it so we're like okay you know i can continue reading it while it's being animated so if they don't animate it i still have something to read and it's okay 
But if for those who still just watch the anime, it can turn into like, oh, okay, it's just one season. I'm done watching it. And then the popularity falls for it. So in the time that a second season does get announced, if it gets announced, then it's kind of like, eh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing the reason they, yeah, they're aiming for the fences. I mean, the first three Webtoon adaptations are Tower of God, God of High School, and I never know. Is it Noblesse or Noblesse? Noblesse. Noblesse. Okay. Yeah, I say Noblesse. That sounds right. So, yeah, that's like the uh, quote, unquote, uh, like big three of uh, Webtoon right there, more or less. Like, like if, if any series was going to hit, aside, well, okay, yeah, aside from uh, solo leveling, like, mm-hmm. like your chances at a hit are way uh, higher with those three. I think that's why they went went with them because of the the huge uh, built-in fan bases that those three have. But yeah, like at the end of the day, I mean, even I'm I mean I'm sure there's like a rational reason why they went to thirteen. Um, I, but I always felt like the thirteen was a safe bet, like. It's a secret. Yeah. You get limited production, and, like, if it's good enough, you can keep the same, get a second season, or boost the second season to twice the amount of episodes. Right. Yeah, it's I like, mean... It's like fishing. You're putting the fingers yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and to that end, I mean, as you guys have noticed, usually, usually... um you know the the fewer episodes a series has um like the higher the production value um yeah just because the budget doesn't have to get stretched out too much like like i don't i don't know how good a uh like the god of high school visuals probably wouldn't be as consistently stellar through 26 episodes as they are with 13 true yeah but i mean it could have helped with uh god of high school being a 24 episode like first season series because with explaining the plot and everything and it just seems like it skipped over like a ton of plot power explanations just a lot of it it's just it's that one missing piece that's keeping it from being great. It's good, of course, because it's beautifully animated and everything, but it's just missing that one point to make it almost perfect. But mm-hmm. I can see where they would run into difficulties with stretching out the budget and everything. No, I, yeah, I agree. Like, comparing each series' first 12 episodes, like, I think Tower of God is the better series of the two so far but yeah like even that one like it's like like missing like a little something mm-hmm. um, but it's still a good show so it's crazy like this coming week's episode is the uh season finale so what are you guys hoping to hoping to see we can start with spencer i say um um like i said before i'm looking for a big fight while at the same time I'm looking for this big fight that's supposed to happen. I want a little bit more, I guess, exposition to some things. If, like I said, if they're going to do the 13 episode like they're like they're doing, and then they they're not sure if they're going to do a second season, then I say I hope this week's um, episode, you know, will tie everything up with one nice little bow, and or leave question marks. 
But what I'm really hoping on and what I'm hoping to get is something along the line of a really, really like deep, intense fight that puts everything that we've seen from the first episode all the way to now into like its own fluid motion. You know what I mean? Where it's like you see people using powers while at the same time using martial arts skills, and it is just it turns into something bigger than that. So it's like I'm 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 hoping for for that because I mean at the end of the day it is still a throwing hands anime and I want to see hands being thrown. Like I don't want I I don't want someone sitting on a damn fucking swing talking about oh I was alone too. We're not doing that today. You know I'm seeing two I'm seeing two young people from Korea throwing hands. That's fine with me. <laughs> Aaron, what's your uh, hopes for the season finale? Give us a sequel hook and a bridge shot, basically, of what's coming Ooh. next. Ideally, I'd want that because it seems like they're trying to wrap up, like, the webtoons in four parts. It seems like they're trying to wrap mm-hmm. up part one and get us a glimpse of part two just to throw us into this, which I'm all for. But also, I'm kind of hoping that next season they smooth it out a bit and They've thrown a lot of everybody this season. A lot. And there's going to be a lot of references that people got to keep up with that I hope are, you know, at least reinforced or ironed out. Like, the weirdest thing for me is how fleshed out Knox is. And then there's the six who I got to tell people that, you know, they serve their purpose. So, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Brandon. Also, also oh, a few sorry. more characters need to be given space. Yeah, that's, you can, and for me, like, um, I don't know if you guys saw the video I, I shared in the interview with the, the creator. I know Aaron saw it, but, like, he was asked about the anime adaptation and um, the reasoning behind some of the creative decisions for the anime and how um, basically they knew that everything couldn't fit um, into the season so he just decided to cut some things out and move some things around to just reinforce the uh dynamic of the three uh protagonists which meant that a lot of other like important characters that kind of get shortchanged a little bit and um that's been like the biggest thing is just seeing a bunch of um characters introduced this season that you get the impression that they're much more important in the webtoon than they have been uh, in the anime. Yeah, but after watching that video, I got faith that he'll let those things resurface or surface and have it explained a a good deal more. I hope so. It just feels like, and I'm pretty sure that will happen, but I just wonder if it will be as organic as it would have been just in the introductory phase. But yeah, that's a that's a hope I do have, Mr. Brandon. What do, what do you hope to see out of the finale? Hopefully, um, I'll get to we'll get to see more like beautiful animation like they've been doing consistently since the first um, episode and everything. But it seems like with each fight, the animation keeps getting better and better with the fight scenes getting longer. So I'm hoping I'll get to we'll get to see um, Jin versus Jagal, seeing how they get out of this situation with him turning into an angel devil thing and seeing how they get out of that. And maybe with the ending of the episode, they leave us with like a piece of what is to come from season two, possibly. But 
with the curveballs they've thrown at us the past couple of episodes, I don't know what to expect anymore. So I'm just hoping for the best. For sure. I mean, this was a series that um, when it was announced, um, so many people were excited for it, uh, weren't expecting it. It's had, its, uh, it's had a few bumps in the road this season, that's for sure, but hopefully it can end on a high note. Well, cool. Um, so without further ado, we move on to ReZero episode 36. We want to talk about a roller coaster ride. Um, so many things happened. Um, the Beatrice revelation, uh, Elsa and her mystery part- partner, Maylee, um, a broken Amelia, bastard Roswell, and the uh, infamous kiss of death. A lot happened in this episode. Um, a lot of things that happened that kind of just changed the whole course of the story. Um, uh, Brandon, what, what did you think of episode 36? This episode was heart-wrenching, to say the least. That whole intro scene with Beatrice and Subaru talking in the library, just discussing everything from being abandoned, with um, Biako being abandoned and everything, by and just looking for that one person to just set her free and just either kill her by his own hands or make a contract with her to make her happy. And going back to the previous episode where she said, I suppose that this is uh, ironic with this, how we ended up like this. And now we know what uh, she meant because it seems like the kidnap set him up for failure with everything being set up. Um, knowing that Subaru is the hero that type that he is, that he would try and save Biako any way possible, but also going against the wishes of what Biako actually wanted to being set free and being killed and everything and being released after 400 years, which was really depressing. And to see her go out like that with, by Elsa just messed me up even more. I mean... It was so brutal for Subaru and getting his whole eye gouged out before I assumed he had returned by death by when he uh, got stabbed, but he gets, he gets transported into his cell. I, if I remember correctly, it was back into his um, cell that he was held in with uh, that Garfield stashed him in, and he confronted Rosewall about all the bullshit that's been going on behind the scenes only for him to just suddenly snap and take out Rem, I mean, Rem and uh, Garfield. He was just, oh, God. I mean, and the reaction was kind of expected with Subaru with how mentally broken he is with all the trauma he's suffered within this loop because so much has happened and so much information is being thrown at him and everything. It was just, it was upsetting because I was so pissed at Rosewall because he just, threw them away like nothing is like that's not a normal reaction taking out somebody like that somebody so close to you and even Rosewall commented on it saying you don't react like a normal person and you can be just like me which is highly unsettling <laughs> seeing the parallel between those two that's been growing since the beginning of season two with Rosewall and uh, Subaru becoming less and less human and lacking that empathy or that sense of emotion and everything. It's just, oh, God, it was a lot. Yeah. And then, yeah, Amelia, her mental state. Um, yeah. 
you um, clarified that for me in the group. I was a little confused because I wasn't sure if she was, like, possessed or something by Satella or something, but you clarified that she was mentally broken after not having Subaru by her side and not having Puck there. She just mentally just snapped, which was so upsetting to see that, that contrast from her being the uppity, like, super bright helpful person and seeing Probably. that comes from uh, paralleling uh, Subaru's clinginess and everything from her snapping saying that I love you and everything like from when Subaru was super in love with Amelia in the mansion that was a cute little callback but it was just super unsettling seeing Amelia that broken because I like you said I had no clue what was going on with her and her state but it's just upsetting yeah, it's kind of jacked up when, um, in a cruel twist of fate, the girl you love uh, tells you she loves you back, but you know that it's not a genuine feeling. It's because she's so mentally broken. Yeah, what what a what a gut punch this episode was, uh, Spencer. What did what did you think? Um, so I said it in our our post about it a week ago, and I'll say it again. This has got to be probably one of the, if not the most terrifying episodes I've ever seen. It was legitimately uncomfortable to watch. And it was it was kind of like a car crash, like a really, really bad car crash. Because it's like, it only got worse as more cars piled up, but you couldn't look away. Because it's like, the whole beach just thing fucked me up. <laughs> it's like... It's like she knew she was going to die. She knew it was going to happen eventually. But for the way that it happened to her and her still feeling like, you know, I guess this is for the best or whatever, I'm like, yo, that, that's, that's not it, dude. And then, like, the Amelia part really, really messed me up because it was kind of like, it, it was kind of like what Brandon was saying. It, it's that weird feeling of you finally hear her say it and it just doesn't feel right. That's the maximum tragedy part. That's the hardest part because it's like, it's like for most of the season, the whole series actually, you watch him like go life and limb for this woman because he loves her so much. And then for him to finally hear those words and then to walk outside and so calmly just been like, yeah, uh, she said she loved me. And that Garth was like, what? And he's like, do you think I'm okay with that? Do you think this is normal? That's not right. whoever, whoever the hell is in there right now is not her. And it's, it's not fair. It's not right. It's not like, what is this? And it really only got worse from there because it then got to the point. Where, so like I was saying, when he talked to Ro- on Rosewall and he gave him the whole feel and everything, the part that fucked me up the most was that at the end of the whole talk, he's like, so at one point in your life, you're going to have to be like me because it's like, it's like, it's like he knows Subaru's secret, but he doesn't know. So he, so it's like, he knows that he can he can keep doing this, and he doesn't know how it's activated. So in his mind, he's like, "Well, I don't know how you're getting it back, but I know you're you're getting back." I think it's either Rosewall's playing something, or like in his mind, he's like, "Okay, I get the feeling that I'm gonna die, so maybe maybe Subaru can fix this one." So so it's like he now has trust in Subaru to handle this whole thing, but it's like every single time he goes back. It's something new added to it. So it's like, if 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 he doesn't deal with Garfield, he's got to deal with that. He's got to deal with Elsa. He's got to deal with, um, what's his name? Oh, not what's his name. Amelia not going crazy. 
it's like it's it's and then you have to worry now you have to worry about um something else. So it's like every single time he goes back, it gets worse and worse and worse. But this particular area was the worst one because it was like when he had a chance to go back to return my death by Elsa, that it, that was ripped from him. So it's like he's forced to keep going around and seeing what's up because he knows at some point he's gonna die. Like I I feel I feel like in this particular area, you know, like, I'm sure every other time he comes back alive, he knows he's gonna die at some point. But I feel like this was the one time where he was like, literally any second now, it's either those bunnies or or Elsa or something else. But I'm gonna die soon. There's there's no way around it. So it's like he gets all the information that he can. And that's why the last part, like after the credits and everything, really messed me up, because it was like it was like him accepting that he's dying right now while while lying on Amelia's lap. So he's like, well, I know this isn't her, I know this isn't like her, but for the last for the last moments I have left, let me enjoy it. And that is so depressing. Like when that scene ended, I stared at my screen for like two minutes. Because it was it was a realization that he knew this is it for him for right now. So he wants to do something that he that he knows probably would never happen. And that's that's the insane part. Because it, it's like it's like in this particular part, he he's not just physically broken; he's mentally like gone. And it's like and it hurts because it's like how many times can he do this? And in one episode, they was like, well, as long as the as long as the witch wants wants this to happen, so basically forever. That's such a weird way to live every time I think about it. Yeah. But, but yeah, overall, this episode was just unsettling. I've I've only watched it once, and I <laughs> probably will never watch it again. Can't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Still, still, 10 out of 10. Great episode. <laughs> but would I watch it again? <laughs> Not for all the tea in fucking China. It did its job. That's, uh, I see actually uh is even more jacked up in the in the light novel so like uh after roswald um basically like commits suicide um subaru uh tries making it back to the tomb to see amelia like in the anime um and of course is being attacked attacked um by the great rabbit um as he goes but uh, what the anime doesn't show is that Subaru um, is using his rights as the Apostle of Greed to summon the Ryuzu clones and having them uh, sacrifice themselves to the Great Rabbits to help them escape. So these, like, Ryuzu clones are, like, throwing themselves at the at the rabbits and obviously being slaughtered. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, on the way over there, and as he's going, going over there, he um, r- runs by the um, like the church, like in the sanctuary where, where they were like sleeping, mm-hmm. and the church was on fire. The church was on fire because um, like the villagers and like Roswell and every, I mean Roswell, Otto and everyone, they lit the church on fire and basically chose um being like burned alive um over being uh, eaten alive by the rabbit jesus yeah Sheesh. i didn't 
I can see why that got cut, not because it was too fruition, but because that episode covered so much um, already that they probably needed to trim it as much as they could. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, what, what an episode. I mean, you, you guys pretty much summed it up really well. Um, Beatrice is suffering. Um, oh, 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 one thing. Um, yeah. So, top top ten reasons to never do any Twitter for any reason. Um, somebody decided to have that one song that's on American Horror Story. Um, <laughs> uh, Tonight you belong to me. And replacing the and replacing the music for the last scene. And I cannot tell you how many nightmares I had. Oh gosh. Because I, I I want you to imagine Amelia like petting him as you hear that song playing ever so ever so softly and then you see his body and i'm like so i'm gonna go ahead and close this laptop all right zero fans <laughs> scary the fact, that, the fact that thought of that match the match up and it, it's it's <laughs> scary that it worked i was legit i was like genuinely terrified when i saw it i was like what the fuck yo y'all need help what did you guys think of the reveal of uh, Bailey being the uh, basically the the mob beast whisperer? I was a little surprised, and then on the, as I went on episode went on, I pieced it together. I was like, that makes sense. Basically the same. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it either. It, uh, it's, it wasn't it wasn't jaw dropping, but it was kind of like, damn, really? Yeah. Yeah, because it's a, like a kid doing all this damage and causing all this destruction and mayhem and to think she alone with the mob beast summonings and everything took out the entire town by herself is just frightening. Now that's a lot of damage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's crazy to think that, um, I mean, if you really think about it, she was, she was the villain in arc two of ReZero from season one. I mean, we just, we just didn't know it. She uh, basically, yeah, if you go back and, and watch uh, that arc, you know, when the kids are, like, taken into the uh, forest and they're, like, up on that hill, like, passed out, and they go look for, for the girl who ends up being Maylee. If you, if you look, unlike the other, uh, unlike the other uh, children, she's the only one without any, like, bite marks or anything. So it's not something that you would like. You probably wouldn't be paying much attention to in, in real time, but um, it's kind of cool. Like in hindsight, those little clues that uh, kind of clue you in, and, and the fact that uh, Ra Ra man Ram said that uh, one of the kids was taken away, which happened to be her. I think that was another big clue. But yeah, what a. Uh, sinister little girl saying that she was uh sad that her friend petra was there and she's like oh that's okay like we did it in in one bite so that she wouldn't suffer also this this episode was a good uh power scaling episode for uh, elsa uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. we got like a little more insight into her like potential powers um Beatrice's attack uh, definitely killed her. Defined That's a pretty thorough kill shot. But yet, there she was still standing. Um, 
this is the second time we've seen this happen. Reinhard uh, obliterated her in uh, season one. So that's another little, like, mystery. Like, whatever her abilities are make her really hard to bring down. Yeah, when she snuck up behind um, Beatrice and took her out the second time after Beatrice uh, hit her with the uh, ice magic and everything, that part really messed me up because seeing her just slowly fade away and just just finally accepting it and seeing her smile, but at the same time crying from happiness, but also being sad, really messed me up badly with that whole scene. Oh, for sure. Especially what, when we learn more about that in the next episode. So really, uh, her story is uh, really a tragic one. Yeah, you can say that again. Her story really was a tragic one. <laughs> um, No, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if we uh, missed anything. I feel like that was pretty thorough for that episode. Poor Garfield, I mean... Every every loop we've been in, um, Garfield has reacted in a different way. And, it was, yeah, it was just sad to see both him and Ram go out like that. And and just seeing another layer to Roswell's abilities. I mean, we know he's a great magic user, but he's also, it turns out, he's also a very uh, proficient hand-to-hand combatant. Not very many people can kick people's heads off, let alone... Um, very strong um, beast men. So yeah, that that was something. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are all all good with uh, thirty six, we can jump right into thirty seven. Yes, sir. Oh, one thing. Yeah. Um, this this episode also proved how badly um Emilia needs Punk. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that 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 is her that is her glue. Yeah, we, somebody needs to put out an APB. Somebody has been uh, conveniently missing in action during all this uh, trial mess. I really miss money. <laughs> That's a pretty accurate song, Hughes. It really is. And uh, how perfect is it that Roswell shares the same voice actor with uh, Dio? Two characters who have decided to reject their humanity. I love it. Same <laughs> so chaotic. They even hit some of the same poses, <laughs> which makes it even better. So I can dig it. Yeah, they both happen to be thorns uh, in our protagonist's side um, over the course of several different timelines. <laughs> but yeah, without further ado, we'll jump into episode 37. Man, this... Uh, this episode was super significant. Um, it uh, really shed some light onto uh, the potential ramifications of Return by Death for sure. And we got uh, our uh, third edition of The Witch's Tea Party. Brandon, what did you think of episode 37? I loved it. Um, seeing all the return, him being back in the temple, uh, seeing all the timelines where he has died throughout season one and season two, seeing all those timelines go on and proceed without him. The one that really messed me up was the one with Felix and um, Windhelm when they were attacked at the carriage at the village. And she was like, you've left me. You've left me to grieve and mourn when we should have been the heroes to save you instead of you saving us for a change. 
which messed it up because he was the one that indeed saved Felix and Wyndham when they battled the white whale and everything and seeing what what could have been and everything. And the one that took me really by surprise was Puck showing up in the snow in the uh, snow village sanctuary <clears throat> with um uh, Reinhard coming out of nowhere and set, stopping him from just destroying the entire planet and freezing it over since Emilia's gone. It's like, where have you been all this time? Emilia needed you the most, but now you decide to destroy the planet because she's no longer here, but you decide to sit idly by and do nothing? Like, where have you been all this time? And it just goes to show you how much power uh, Reinhard had just simply one-shotting him and erasing the entire snow uh, spell that was on the entire sanctuary and everything is just nuts seeing all that. I don't know what they did to make it so perfect for the um, final tea party scene with Echidna, with her um, with her rant about how she wants to obtain knowledge and everything, but they hit the mark on music and visuals and everything for her explaining what the contract was to Subaru and everything and the face and everything, seeing her true colors as a character and everything. And Minerva came in clutch as the MVP saying, don't take that contract. Don't, don't side that shit. <laughs> You're going to regret it if you do, because he was two seconds away from fully aligning with Echidna and using him. I mean, using her as, a means to get to the next goal and everything and to find out that she just let Beatrice find her own path and didn't tell her anything, not knowing who that special person was that would rescue her from, from insanity and everything being locked up in the library, library for 400 years and everything was just really messed up. And seeing that lack of empathy really uh, parallels with Rosewall and everything about not caring about other people to just acquire your goal and everything. It's just, everything was just madness. And to have Satella pull up at the end, I'm like, Subaru's just got to be like, I just want to throw in the towel so badly. It's like, got all the witches just surrounded him. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And he's, I don't know how he's going to get out of this one because now that Satella's here, Shit's going to hit the fan pretty quickly. I can already tell. I mean, that's the truth. Mr. Spencer. You know, let's get real, real to it real quick. For, for those who don't know, and I guess those who who think who think they're more superior than everybody else, mm-hmm. there's a dub for this. Oh. And the dub uh, voice of, um, I, I, I can't pronounce her name. Is that Ekida? Ekidna? The voice. Yeah, Kidna. So the voice actress for Kidna is a black woman. I want to, I want to, I want to add that because this is why I'm upset with this episode. <laughs> because for for all these episodes, I rolled this witch so damn hard, and I was like, you know what? Not all witches are bad. And then I see a black woman being the actress. By the way, I know you do other things. I can't, I can't say her name. I can't remember her name. Starts with an A. But you're my favorite. I love you. You know. Hit me up. She like one of my tweets the other day. It's a big, kind of a big deal. But anyway, um, getting back into all this, when I when I saw when I saw her go completely insane, I was like, in my head, I was like, why did I trust a witch for 
most of this season, I was just like, you know what? Witch's got a bad rep. Because she's shown me differently. But then once she showed who she really was, I was like, oh, that's what, that's right. She's a witch. Why did I forget this? And it's like, that was one part I just, I, 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 I had to get out into the universe. So for all you idiots that don't like, I'm sorry, not idiots, people who only watch sub, watch the dub. She's good. But getting that out of the way, um, we did get a lot more exposition to everything else regarding it. But the one part that really, really got to me was the um, the rim area where for like a whole moment he was he thought that was her but then the second she was like oh yeah just you know just come you know you've been doing too much just lay down i'll take care of it and he's like you've never said that you never told me to calm down you've always said to do this and do that so who are you exactly and then it turned out to be another witch can't remember her name but uh carmel carmilla carmilla yeah and it was like once that happened that was like it's literally they keep picking at his mental and there's it's getting to the point that there's something left so i can see why in his mind he was like okay you know i'll i'll take her i'll take her up on her on her offer because i'm tired of this like i'm tired of dealing with all this i want to do this so one good fail swoop one good loop that's it so i i can see where he's coming from where he was so quick to, to quick to say yes because normally Subaru is the kind of guy where he would, he wouldn't say anything so quickly. He'd be like, "All right, well, hold on, hold on, I die a lot. What's happening?" But once everything got explained, and then my favorite witch turned into my least favorite witch, was was just she was just tiptoeing around it. She was like, "I'll I'll give you what you need, but I want to I want to see what you see, feel what you feel, know what you know. I want to experience that." And I'm like, so it sounds like you're taking over his body. It doesn't sound like you're giving him actual um, actual knowledge or anything. It sounds more like you're going to take over his mind. And because he's not technically dead in this, in, you know, I'm just guessing at this one. But technically, if he's not dead, then she can really just fuck around, and do whatever she wants in his body. And then can, can probably even last forever. I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing at this point. But it's like there's a lot that she could have done. But then she brought up, um, but then was brought up Beatrice, and then everything started making sense because it's it's now like she will do whatever it takes to get knowledge and to get things for herself, and she doesn't care who, you know, who who gets hurt in the process. And her mindset, it's like, well, what I want is what I want, and once I get it, I don't care what happens to you. You saw that with Beatrice, because now she's what four or five hundred years old and is begging for death at this point. Because it's like she was fed all the same shit that Subaru is being fed right now. But the only difference is is that Subaru now has all these other witches around him that's like, yeah, not a good idea, boss. Like, this is not going to work out well. And then with the in- then with the entrance of the last witch, I'm now more interested in seeing how this is going to go out. Because it seems like all of them have animosity towards her. And I want to, I know a little bit's the reason why, but I want to hear it from themselves. You know? Like I want to, I want to hear like a a whole conversation with all the witches basically being like, "All right, bitch, what did you do? <laughs> like, like what's going on?" But but over overall, it's weird to say this. It's weird to say this. I've watched this episode more times than I watched the episode previous, which is only two times. So that's the thing. 
<laughs> Aaron, were you able to catch episode 37? Yeah, and uh, this series is really rough. On oh, in terms of like watching it, like damn, what more shit can they heap on? <laughs> be hurting my feelings, and I'm not even in there. Just a reminder that, and this kind of should not be fun, probably if you're not prepared. All these folks who get in there are like, oh man, I know what to do. It shouldn't go like that. It should be like, nah, uh, nigga, this ain't no game. <laughs> this is real life, man. Bloody blood. Well, no, that's a good point because I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have seen this. Uh, like whenever this series is brought up, there's usually one or two guys who's like, man. Like, Subaru is stupid. Like, if it was me, I would just um, just die as many times as, like, I, I need you to figure out. To, like, I wouldn't be afraid to die, blah, blah, blah. It's easy to say that, but then yeah. you got to be, like, about it. <laughs> you got to figure out how you're going to die. <laughs> right, yeah. You try um, getting disemboweled or, like, like we, we saw how tough it was in the first episode of season two for Subaru to even, like, muster, like, the will to slit his throat. Like, like even with something like Return by Death, like, your body is still telling you that this, it's dark. this isn't how you're supposed to function. <laughs> it's dark. Yeah, it's, like. It's always interesting when people bring up powers like that to me. They're like, oh, I'd like that, and, like. Obviously, wow. not that people forget even the characters who have it, like Blade of the Immortal, Manji, he's like, oh, it's great that I have this, but it makes it hard to remember the whole technique thing when you can take a sword and keep going, and it still hurts, because that's right. still his rib cage. <laughs> or like, you well, know, Wolverine, Wolverine would well, be like... And with him, too, I mean, he's not in a great uh, mental state by any stretch no. because of that oh. stuff. So, like, it's easy to say, but being there, and then not even just the powers, the whole landscape of it all, having to address people, you having to be a hero, having to put that to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other side of it is not being able to tell people how you're doing. Like, I'm super curious. I, I bet there's a vid YouTube video somewhere. Like, I'd really love to see a YouTube video compilation of uh, ReZero, except for the only footage is of uh, the winning loops, because without any, like, context, like, Subaru looks, Subaru's kind of, like, crazy and weird. Like, if all we saw were, like, the, the loops where he, like, wins and comes out on top, like, how he... Like, even, like, knows some of this stuff. Like, if you're one of the outside characters, like, you're, like, yeah, like, Aaron made the Among Us joke earlier, but it's like, man, you're acting real sus right now. Like, how, how do you know what you know? I've thrown Super out there a lot, probably. Like, I think even Crush in, like, Arc 3, when, when uh, in, like, the winning loop of, like, Arc 3, like, when Crush, like, agrees to uh, uh, Subaru's, like, plan, she's like, yeah, like, like this is weird. Like, my divine protection is telling me you're not lying, but, like, none of this makes any sense, but I'm just going <laughs> to trust you, I guess. Yeah, it's a crazy ability. And it should be a super big red flag to people that the one person that uh, 
would like like this ability in her own way is pretty crazy. Another thing, not for nothing though, but isn't it? It's like every time I think about the, the um, well, no, the question I have is, what exactly is considered a winning route? Like him dying of old age. Um, I I consider a winning route uh like kind of like a game where you like clear that level. Mm-hmm. So the quote unquote winning route in uh, arc one was when Subaru and Elsa were able, I mean Subaru and Amelia were able to uh, defeat Elsa like at the loot house with the help of Reinhard. Mm-hmm. That that was a quote unquote winning loop because they finally. Uh, "Quote unquote," won that uh, boss fight. Yeah. So, in in arc two, the the winning loop was when uh, they were able to save the kids and uh, like defeat like the mob beasts in the forest, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Because I mean, I, I see what you're saying because like even even like Subaru like eventually like dies, which like wipes out that loop, but. That's kind of what I mean by uh, like winning loop. Like so far, so far in season two, we haven't really had had a winning loop. Like like they've all been losing loops basically. So the quote unquote winning loop hasn't happened yet. Mm, that makes sense. I keep thinking. I keep thinking that's kind of like um, you know, if he dies of old age or something. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, that would be the ultimate winning loop. <laughs> but the, um, the whole, see, see, it's it's. It's really weird because it's like if that was to happen, right? Like, let's say, you know, just just off random, that he beats everything, he gets married to somebody, and he dies of old age. When does he go back? Right when that's, he's on his deathbed. That's, oh, that's the crazy. That's like one of the jokes in the community that like that's gonna happen, and he's gonna wake up in front of the appa stand, like he did in uh, season one. <laughs> At the beginning, like that would be like the worst. Uh, you live a whole life, a whole family <laughs> life, a whole life. You have children. Your children have children. You see them grow up, become great people. The world change, and then you You're die at peace. And you wake, wake up in the game. You wake up and you're 16 years old again. and scared for your life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would have been mad. <laughs> Swinging at the air. Man, that'd be terrible. That would that might be worse than anything that's happened to him uh, up to now. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, it would. Um, I mean, imagine he died on the toilet. It'd be the worst. Be like, ain't that some shit? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this episode just brought a lot of uh, like cause, because um, like Donna mentioned that uh, you know we're not we don't know if those possibilities like were true like what what happened uh, like after he died we still don't know the mechanics like for all we know uh, time could all could just like restart to his like save point or these worlds could possibly be carrying on without Subaru. Like, we don't know for sure. This is just, like, a possibility. And the only person that knows for sure is uh, Satella. But, yeah, man, uh, Brandon mentioned 
Reinhardt. Um, this was this was the first time um, like anime onlys have been able to see Reinhardt draw his uh, uh, Dragon Sword Re. Uh, and for those in in the uh, season one, touched on it a little bit, but uh, that sword. Um, kind of ha- is like sentient in a sense like uh reinhardt can only draw it if the uh sword deems the opponent worthy enough Damn, it's uh, kind of disrespectful oh yeah it's ex- <laughs> very much so i mean he told it's, it's, he told elsa he's like sorry um you're not good enough for this sword so he used like some janky sword from the loot house to use on her i'd be offended uh, if he just what? walks off she, i think she even said like something like she said something like, "Yeah, she's kind of uh, sad about that." <laughs> but yeah, um, it it also proves that Punk is indeed a problem. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that served a bunch of things. On one hand, um, yeah, that, that's it's a high honor to have that sword drawn on you. And then the second half of that is uh, Puck was uh, one shot with little issue at all, which just shows how strong Reinhardt is. I mean, like the only glimpse that we saw of him previously was how strong he was without Reed. And he's still like head and shoulders above everyone else. Cause yeah, like Brandon mentioned, not only did he uh, like eviscerate puck in like one, one sword slash, but he totally like undid uh, pucks magic. Yeah. It was insane. I mean, Reinhardt's definitely a force to be reckoned with. Um, I can't wait to see more of him going forward. That was a cool scene. And, too, one of my favorite, uh, like, quotes is uh, his conversation with Puck. And just, like, like uh, the whole talk about, like, justice and, like, what justice is. And um, Puck kind of threw a little bit of shade at Reinhardt, it felt like. Like, Reinhardt says something to the effect of if you have anyone if you should resent anyone you should resent me and like puck is like i can't like i don't resent you reinhard you're a hero and a hero is all you'll ever be which um it's kind of just a dig like a subtle jab at reinhard just because um you know like the title of sword saint isn't something you can really choose it's passed down um from generation to generation in the uh, Van Astria family. So as soon as uh, Reinhardt got the uh, divine protection of the sword saint, like his life was already basically planned out ever since he got it. He doesn't really have the choice to be able to do exactly what, what he wants. So I, I really like that line. It's one of my favorite, my favorite lines uh, in fiction right now. And yeah, you guys covered like pretty much everything. Um, it was interesting. Um, like, uh, the authorities that these witches have are so, uh, taxed to the max. Like Carmilla's authority, I can't remember its name, but, uh, one of its effects is that you're either thralled with her or you end up dead from, uh, its effects of amplifying your emotions. Like, like, like people can't breathe in her presence, which is kind of a problem if you want to stay alive. And that's kind of why, depend, like, she ranks among the most deadly of, of the witches of sin, despite her 
despite her title as the sin of lust and despite the fact that she basically just looks like adorable, like her power kind of doesn't match her appearance at all. And then we had uh bad bitch Sekhmet. Um, it was cool seeing her in anime form. I wasn't expecting her voice. I was expecting a different voice for her, but the, the voice that she has works. And true to being the Sinisloth, you know, she's just lounging around. She was, she basically just showed up just to make sure nothing, like, popped off. She's basically there as the, the mediator of the witches. And, uh, yeah, Brandon mentioned, like, the speech. The speech was epic. A lot of people were looking forward to Donna's speech. Definitely wasn't nearly as long as it is in the web novel or light novel. Um, I'll have to post that in the group sometime for people to compare it. But um, I thought the anime adapted it really well. People kind of got to see the true nature of Echidna. She's not evil per se, but like the other witches, she's just a sociopath who just... uh, for these witches, like, the collateral damage doesn't matter, really. Like, every, like, all seven of these witches are basically just walking, walking calamities. I'm trying to think. Yeah, and in case no one, uh, in, in case it wasn't clear, it, it was pretty clear, though. Um, Super wasn't able to pass the trial just because it's basically impossible for him just because of the nature of return by death. Like the possible futures are just too much. So basically, Amelia has to, to <laughs> Amelia has to pass the trials and liberate Sanctuary somehow. How that's going to happen, um, it's hard to say, just because of her breakdowns from even the first trial. They're gonna have to figure something out. And man, it was really a a low blow when we found out. Uh, <laughs> That Echidna has no idea who that person is for Beatrice. She was just wondering who she would pick. It's been 400 years. Like, how jacked up is that? I hate that woman. I, I really stand the witch for, like, half the season. <laughs> I'm so tight. Yeah, now I can see why why uh, Rose One was so attached to her. They're basically the same person at this point because the end justifies the means for both of them because their characters are basically completely identical with how they deal with situations. I mean, Echidna just straight up does not care about what other people uh, go through, but as long as she gets what she wants, she's happy. Yeah, that's for sure. And I mean, she's been manipulating Subaru from the very beginning. Um, I mean, she just about everything, including the, um, the handkerchief when, uh, got a hold of um, Subaru and that temple and everything. She's just been behind the scenes, just manipulating every event that's been going on. It's just it's nuts. Why yeah. did I trust the witch? Yeah. <laughs> Is she cute? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let's be honest with I, ourselves I, here. Yeah, like I don't like, I don't. I don't mean to be forward about this, but I mean the girl was in a schoolgirl outfit. What? What, what am I supposed to do? Be like, I not cool. But I mean that that that's part of it. I mean, like she knew Subaru that would appeal to Subaru, so she wore it. Another thing she did that you guys may have picked on. Do, do you remember in 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 the second tea party, Subaru was hoping to oh. speak with with Daphne, the Witch of Gluttony. Echidna's like, yeah, I'll I'll arrange it uh, for you to speak to her. And uh, who pops out? 
Um, first we get Typhon, then we get Minerva, and then Daphne. Um, so he's uh, introduced to to these other witches who obviously are very eccentric. And do you know what his uh, first remark to Echidna is? Like once Echidna returned, he's like, "Like you seem, you seem like by far you're the you're the most uh, sane witch out of uh, all of them." Little did he know. Which was very intentional on her part. That's kind of what she wanted to do. Like, wow, like, like you're normal. Like, you're not, you're not like the other witches. Like, I can trust you. It's like, well, about exactly. And not only that, he, she lied to him about uh, the other witches being able to like operate freely in that spirit world. So yeah, she's. Uh, what can we say? She she's smart. A lot smarter than Subaru, um, and her plan almost worked. Almost, uh, almost. Somebody then, picked uh, the Subaru. Yeah. Everybody wants um, a piece of Subaru pie. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and then you know the moment, as if things just couldn't get any worse. You know, Satella pulls up on the scene. Mind you, Satella is still physically sealed away. At the edge, at the edge of the world, like she's sealed away, like she's not able to just walk around wherever she wants. This woman was uh, so jealous, having been um, not invited to any of these tea parties, that she was so strong and she was so jealous that she brute forced her way into the spirit world by herself. That is. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say, but uh that bitch is crazy. That is quite the feat. <laughs> yeah, so talk about like a cliffhanger. I mean, the character who who has kind of been positioned as like the, the big bad of of the series, but I don't know about you guys, but like throughout the first season and even into the second season, like part of me doesn't even like have the feeling that uh Satella is as uh, evil as people say. I agree, but I'm not falling for that shit again. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's reason. <laughs> it does what it expects you to do. So I'm exactly. not falling for it. You got me out here standing. Got me out here standing a witch. I just, like y'all don't y'all don't get it. She was my background for like two days. <laughs> I mean, why why can't you still be your background? Ayo, ayo, yo. <laughs> no. No, no, no. God, that's just... I, you know, I, I say this all the time, but I feel like with the past few episodes, I can say this, and no one would think I'm stupid. This is basically Murphy's Law, the anime. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And it's like, it's always something I don't even think about that it happens and I'm like oh well we'll go ahead and add that to the list of things we need to work on next time it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like Dark Souls it's Dark Souls it's literally Dark Souls but he doesn't have a sword <laughs> and his level is okay yeah he doesn't have a sword he does have a badass ground dragon though shout out to, shout out to her shout out to that dragon Patrash is really low key uh, one of the best girls of the season no, I'm. I might even have her on on the poll for this season. She got my vote. <laughs> that that is a that is a ride or die dragon. 
Yeah, in in every sense of the of the phrase, Subaru seemingly doesn't deserve her. <laughs> he doesn't deserve rim either. But look, this lie don't deserve. <laughs> that's what like in some like to some degree like that's how I am with Subaru a lot. Like he, he doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve this. But really, like he deserves all of it. He deserves a therapist, <laughs> a shrink. Something. I don't think anyone's qualified for for this job. Okay, okay, okay. So, so, so here's a weird thing. I've had I've had this discussion with someone before. I was like, so imagine, imagine there's like a secret arc, right? And then everything gets taken care of, everything is saved, everyone's fine, and they send him back to the real world, and he has the same, like he still memorizes everything. I said this and I stand by it. The first thing he's doing is going to therapy. I'm sorry, that that's in my head. I'm like the first thing he's doing. He's like he's got to be like, yo, um, I, I listen. I don't like anybody. I need help. Cause like just imagine going back to the real world, seeing modern technology. But then I feel like the back first here, thing he has to do is go hug his parents. parents. He oh, would. Man. He would, but then seeing how it's like. So something in my body would just tell tells me that he's gonna think that it's not happening, like it's not really happening. Like I, I feel like it's either that or he's gonna have a or it's gonna be so long into the series that he has a lost sense of reality. So it kind of like once once he goes back, he doesn't he doesn't feel like he's really back. So he starts snapping at everybody. That's that's my opinion. There's a lot on the table. Um, the anime didn't didn't tell us this, but um. Like we know, Al is from uh, the real world as well, and he's been he's been in the ReZero world for like eighteen ish years. Mm-hmm. So, I, I get the feeling that Subaru's here for good. Ah, oh, good. Oh, but I mean, who really knows, man? Who really knows? It's just I'm, I'm just interested in figuring out the connection between the real world and this ReZero world and why people over the course of history continue to be summoned, summoned here. Like that's one of my most, uh, one of the biggest questions I want an answer for. Why him also? I mean, Satella loves them for some reason. You, you think we'll find that you think that's a, that kind of goes together. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have some ideas that are kind of spoilery that I might share after the podcast episode. So just for some context, uh, the ReZero author said that he um, plans on the series being 11 arcs in length. 11 arcs in length. Right now, the light novel is is in arc 6 and is close to ending arc 6. So we're like just over halfway with the series being done. Like there's a lot of ground to cover yet. Jesus fucking Christ. A lot more pain to go through. No, that's I have damage. I'm probably gonna be like (laughs) knocking on forty probably when the series is done. Are ReZero? I haven't heard that name in years. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, the, the more I've been like into the series the more it kind of reminds me of uh one piece 
more so just in terms of like the world building and how like alive the world is like i can like picture these places almost being real um, also subaru does a great ugly cry like any one piece character yeah that's true <laughs> yeah that's true yeah like uh so there's so many like characters that are are like interesting in their own right like kind of like just like how like there's probably like a half dozen a dozen one piece characters that could realistically probably carry their own like little spin off series um don't even give them that idea <laughs> well, I mean we've already got the ace uh novel and everything, but um. Yeah. Yeah, like, like honestly, like, I would read and watch the shit out of, uh, like, a Wilhelm, a young Wilhelm uh, series. And we've got two spinoff novels on Wilhelm and uh, Teresa when they were younger. That could be, like, its own, like, series in and of itself, and it would probably still do super well. Yeah, the author is just really good at describing and fleshing out uh, these different places. So that's just that's just kind of a tangent of mine. Like, the world building is really good. Um, man, it's crazy. Ne- this week is the uh, the mid season finale of ReZero. I mean, shit is hitting the fan. I mean, we're seeing like the one of the most important characters of the entire series, like revealing herself to everyone. The other witches are there. I mean, she allegedly killed these women. So, I mean, what's this? <laughs> like, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm trying to think of a pair. I mean, like Subaru is just a normal ass dude going up like in who's finding himself in the position where like all these, like basically like, demigods have like pulled up to the function um make it hell insecure like what the f- like if all hell breaks loose i mean his goose is cooked <laughs> yeah it's wild that being said i mean brandon like what do you have any like thoughts or predictions on what the the mid-season finale is going to be like uh i just want to know whether satella is amelia or not because there's been some theories flowing around in the group saying that she's, um, Satella is, uh, Amelia just possessed and everything. So I want that question answered next episode. And thank God we have 13 episodes because I freaked out because I recounted like six times to see what the episode count was for the first cur of the, um, second season. And I thought it was only 12. So I thought this was the last episode. So I freaked out and panicked, but thank God we're going to get that next episode. So. Hopefully, yeah, because you have no idea how badly I paid. I'm like, why would they leave us with this? Why would they leave us on such a giant cliffhanger? But thank God. But um, I'm just wondering who is Satella and why? Just why Super? Why? Just why? For everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she definitely has. She does. She definitely has to get my man's uh some answers here i mean yeah and one thing that um striked me as interesting this episode was that every with every time he 
Subaru saw a flashback of what was happening in the timeline that he killed himself in each one of, in season one. It was him narrating himself. So it has me wondering, is there a separate Subaru that already completed it or something? Or maybe, I don't know, because that part kind of threw me for a loop and I had me start thinking of theories and stuff about older Subaru that already completed and he's just guiding him through it or something. But I have no clue at this point. But I've, yeah. I've seen some theories on that. Yeah, because he was full on narrating. He's like, you will see. I can't remember the line. He kept saying every time the line, uh, the uh, timeline reset to a different future and everything. But it was weird hearing him narrate himself into those different timelines. So <laughs> I want to know what that's all about. Yeah, just a second. Let me. Uh, it's different for like the light novel, what he says and um, what he says. Uh, in the anime are a little bit different, but in the, um, in the light novel, it, it's behold the unknowable present. Okay. So basically like, yeah, behold these possible futures. Yeah. Cause that part just threw me for a complete loop. I'm like, why is he narrating himself of all things? Cause I figured Satella who was in charge of return by death would be the one telling him these are the possibility uh, the possible routes you can take, you could have taken, but didn't. So I'm, I'm a little confused, but I'm excited to see what they're going to do with this. Oh, show. Sure. Um, yeah, I've seen some uh, theories out there about something like, like some crazy, like time travel stuff. Like, time travel. like, Subaru has has been here like before. Oh. But 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 like like an older version of him like has already gone through like this world, but um like that would be interesting. Like I don't know how that would work based on what we know at the moment, but um yeah, this this shows this the series is just so fun to like theory craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say because this one has my, because I'm like super theorized, especially with the um, the lore and everything, and how the magic system works and everything on how different possibilities can be skewed with just the slightest change in uh, decision making with this series and how what could have been and what could have possibly happened afterwards and everything. Because my thinking is maybe one of those loops. He did. He was revived, but he continued on or something, and maybe that's the one that cleared all the way through, and now he's talking to the now Subaru or something, but I don't know. Oh, oh that, was, that was a question I had regarding the last episode. Well, the last episode that's going to happen. Okay, so it's like, for the last episode, would you want it to be something like, the last episode of the last season where it's like where it's like you feel like everything's answered but then boom something happens yes because <laughs> I because I love pain <laughs> part of why I read Baki that's fair um, I was thinking that I was thinking that it would be something that 
he would probably get some kind of answers that he's looking for. But then as soon as he gets back from the tea party, then something happens. And then that's it. It's like, oh, we'll see you in January. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget. Stuff, like, if it ends where I think it's going to end, um, it's going to have folks basically counting the days until the second half drops. Was that crazy? I mean, it, it kind of just continues the theme of, like, you get, like, a... It's kind of like what we've seen pretty much every episode where you, you get, like, you might get an answer to something, but then that answer just leaves you with more questions. Mm-hmm. I feel like the four-month gap between now and January will give people a lot of time to... uh Theory craft before uh, the second half drops. Um, I'm kind of interested now. Does Academia yeah, get slapped? That needs to happen. That needs to I mean, we've got the uh, like the light. The light novels are out. Um, mm-hmm. Or the web novels free. Yeah, I uh, see if that happens. Yeah, we can kind of start wrapping wrapping the podcast up. But just one more thought I had was. Um, did you guys find it interesting the reactions the witches had to Satella arriving? It was almost like scared, but also angry. Well, like if you if you notice, pretty much the only person person who had a visible negative reaction was Echidna, um, mm-hmm. the person we just talked to. Like she doesn't really understand uh, human emotion. Like like it's it's all like fake. It's all an act. Like, she should have been angry, like, when Subaru rejected her, uh-huh. her proposal. Um, but she but she was pissed when Satella pulled up. Yeah, she should. But it's interesting that these other witches who Satella allegedly murdered um, weren't really all that pissed that she was there. Like, Typhon was, like, excited. And you could just Is attribute that-, that to just witches being just crazy in general. But. I don't think I don't think she did it. I don't think she healed them. You think there's there might be more to the story than what? I mean, it's possible hi- history, um, like facts were like lost to history, because well, most people well, don't even know about the other witches. Mm-hmm. So yeah, who's to say um, the history that has been passed down to people is is uh, actually accurate? Yeah, it's that, and it's also like. If I learn anything from this series, that is that it's not black and white. It's normally very gray, and it's like the story of the witches is way too black and white. So it's like it's like what exactly happened? Right. Yeah. Um, any any other uh, thoughts on episode thirty-seven? Why does it hurt? <laughs> Why did I trust the witch? Why did I trust the witch? Why? It's the cuteness. <laughs> And then on top of that, like I said, voiced by a black girl. Damn. Uh, basically, um, Subaru and the audience were like she she played she played us like a fiddle. It's perfect. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, an heiress so, Quinones. What was that? That's suspension looking for an heiress Quinones. That oh my god, that woman. That what a woman. She, she got the glasses. Yeah. What a woman. What a woman. <laughs> listen, if you ever listen to this podcast, um, just, you know, like this side. I'm on Twitter. You know, me and you, we could do a thing. 
Jeez. <sighs> what a woman. Sorry, go ahead. Are you saying you'd be willing to drink her tea? Ayo, Max. I mean, who doesn't like a cup of tea? Especially if it's prepared by the uh, the Witch of Greed. Niggas can't have shit. Just for a brief second, I almost said yeah, and I thought about it. I was like, alright. I mean, Subaru said it didn't taste good or bad. It was just neutral. That's illegal, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's illegal in the real world. I mean, this ain't the real world. He he drank somehow the tea that he drank in that spirit world, like applied to his his real body. That's, yeah, I'm, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> like I love that woman. To de- I love that woman to death. But mm, I'm 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 good with a nice uh, bag of Lipton. More for uh more for me and Brandon, I guess. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Well, cool. Um, guys, we, we, we ran a teensy bit over, uh, uh, this week. Um, so I think it's probably good to, to call it good, uh, call it good for this week. But, um, thanks to everybody who, uh, has listened to us, uh, blabber on this long. We really appreciate it. I'm Max and I was joined this week by, uh, Aaron Coutte. That's us. Spencer White. I'm not, I'm not I'm not the imposter. I was AFK. And which means that the imposter was none other than uh, Brandon D. Nah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Why is my name red? It's the same thing the imposter says. <laughs> Why is your name red? Yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't me, so. I was Spencer. Uh, I was Med Bay. No, it's hair? definitely or Spencer. the airlock? No, I was definitely that, Spencer uh, because uh, Spencer said that he wouldn't drink the tea. Listen, that, that is yeah, sus. He's a kind of sus. And Iris, yeah, you man. didn't hear none of this. And Iris, you heard none of this. Me and you. Don't worry about, don't worry about these imposters. All right? it's, <laughs> it's me and you against the world. Me and you against the world. Just, I'm not drinking your tea. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Pretty Trump sus. Fan. But. <laughs> That does it for us this week. Um, Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and uh, catch us next time.